Have you ever struggled with feeling like you're enough? Maybe you see other women around you and you look at their body and you just feel like yours is not like that. And so you think, well, maybe if I just work out harder, if I just do more, maybe if I trained like six days a week. And so you try that, but working out just does not come naturally to you. In fact, it feels like punishment and it's always just downright miserable. And you start to wonder if you'll ever be content in your body. If you've dealt with any of those feelings, you're going to want to listen to this story today. I'm getting an opportunity to chat with my good friend Liz Ravilla, a fellow mom to two little ones that has dealt with all of this too, all those ups and downs of the journey with our bodies. What's interesting about Liz though is that she also happens to be a registered dietitian and has an extensive history and experience on the nutrition side of things. But for some reason, exercise was always a struggle for her. Eating healthy came easy, working out did not. But I have had the opportunity to watch this mom transform. I have witnessed God working in her heart to bring contentment and wholeness to her entire being, including her body as an endomorph. And yes, we're going to get into that quite a bit too. We're going to talk about the body types. So I just want to share her journey, her transformation story with you, because I know that you need to hear this. In fact, you might already know Liz. She's one of the admins in my free Strong Mama Squad Facebook group. And she was the mastermind behind the meal plans for my Jumpstart programs for both Jumpstart 30 and Jumpstart 60. She has a heart of gold, you guys, and has an incredible experience to share with you. You are going to love this. Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Well, hey, Liz, thank you so much for joining us on the Strong Mamas podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. This is such a treat for me. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I am just, I've been listening to the podcast since it started. I think I've heard every episode so far, and it's just kind of surreal for me to be here talking to you. Well, I know. I, I think I remember when we first released the podcast, I remember the day, like you were at the beach, right? I was. When you, Yeah. Cause you're in Georgia and you're not that far from the beach, right? Right. We were on spring break. So I guess it was April two years ago. That sounds about right. Yep. Yep. Pre pre world pandemic. COVID. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you were listening to the podcast on the beach. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. I remember just sitting out there and just letting your encouraging words wash over me as I was chasing my kiddos around and yeah, that's how it all started. I love that. That is so fun. Well, and I know, so you have been a, in the strong mama's coaching program for quite a few years now. Do you, yes. I feel like three, four, it was, it was three. three years in September. So we're probably about three and a half ish right now. Well, I remember the first strong mama's retreat that I had. Yes. You had not been a member for very long before that. And we were holding the very first ever strong mama's retreat out in rural Oregon in like wine country. And listen, like, I do not know how to plan like events, like event planning is so not my jam, but oh, I remember, well, 
it, it, we pulled it off. We pulled it off and you signed up and you came and I did not really know you at that point. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, someone is coming across the country. I threw everybody off. They're like, what are you doing here? Where like, did you come from? <laughs> you definitely won the most, like the furthest traveled because that you came from Georgia all the way over to Oregon. Yes. Like, how did you make that happen? But there's more to that story because I know that your husband worked for the airlines, right? Right. So it made it a little bit easier for me than for most people. So I had a little leg up with that, but I feel like everybody else that was there knew you personally in some way or had <laughs> met you before. And they're like, Oh, how do you know Megan? I was like, Oh, I don't. I just stalk her on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might think that, but like the majority of the moms that were there did not know me personally. So, okay. So you, you were in good company. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Well, what, what I found out about you that I, I loved and I grabbed onto it and I have picked your brain ever since is the fact that you are, you're a mom, of course, but you're also a registered dietitian, I which am. is so cool. Okay. So you got to tell me the backstory behind this. So you went to school, you have your degree in nutrition. Yep. I have two degrees actually. Yes. I have a bachelor's and a master's in nutrition and I'm a registered dietitian. So I've done all my, you know, clinical internship and supervised hours and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I've always just been fascinated with nutrition and I, I knew, I think I wanted to work in healthcare, but I wasn't sure in what, in what part of that field. And so I just kind of put those two things together, the healthcare and the nutrition started in the field of, of nutrition. I've just, I loved it so much. I started in adult nutrition. So my first job out of college was working with adults um, in the hospital setting. Quickly found out that was very frustrating for me Ooh, to why, try to why change. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> try Please to tell me more. People's, well, now it's me, right? Trying to change people's eating habits after, you know, 40, 50 years. These are people that are coming in for their second, third, fourth, you know, heart procedure. And I'm the little dietitian, you know, trying to instruct them on the, you know, low fat, low sodium plan. And yeah, um, that was, yeah, that was not quite my jam, but a little bit after that, I got into pediatric nutrition, which is my love. And so the majority of my career, um, about 12 years, I spent working at children's healthcare of Atlanta here, um, with various different, um, groups of kids and their families. And wow. I just love getting them while they're young and being able to start healthy habits and kind of teach them, you know, what we probably wish we had learned when we were kids. Oh, absolutely. Tell me more about kind of the typical patient or a client that you would work with. I mean, the age range and, and may, were they coming to you because they were diabetic? Like what was the scenario that you were seeing these patients? Well, I did a bunch of different things over my years there, but my, um, my favorite and the one that I spent the most time with was kids that have cystic fibrosis. So that's oh. a genetic disorder that, um, affects the lungs and also the digestive system. So we would see kids from birth. I mean, we would literally see them when we were, they were a few weeks old after diagnosis up to age 21. And I liked it because we could follow the same kids. You know, they would come and see us every three months. And so we got to see the same kids as they would grow up, you know, they were babies and then they were toddlers and then they were school age kids. And so we just got to see them grow and to really see what an impact good nutrition has 
on them. And specifically with CF, um, it, there's research to show there's a lot of outcome changes from good nutrition in terms of their lung health and their lifespan and all that. So, so would you, I, I'm totally digging into this cause I'm super fascinated. I get to be a little, I, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. So would you get maybe a patient that didn't start with you, you know, from an infant, maybe they would come towards you, to you when they're like eight, nine, 10 years old, and they had certain symptoms, would you be able to see a reversal or at least like a slowdown of certain symptoms based on just changing their eating habits? Yes, absolutely. Wow. And we, it's, it's so counter to what we, we probably do a lot of with strong mamas, which is focusing on low calorie density food. You know, we were the opposite. These kids actually had a hard time gaining weight. Ah. They had, they didn't have all the proper pancreatic enzymes that our okay. bodies typically make. So they would have to take supplemental ones. Their lungs were working at such a high rate that they would just burn off weight. So it yeah. was hard for them to get the calories and the protein to grow. So when we started focusing on high calorie density foods, mm -hmm. high protein, high fat, um, yeah. extra vitamin supplements, all that, you know, you'd see kids that haven't grown height wise in right. several years, they actually start to grow. Wow. And that is so cool. Yeah. Well, I just, I can see you light up. Like when mm -hmm. you talk about nutrition, like it yep. really is like your, your jam. Like it's, it's my jam. Where, <laughs> I love it. Go back for a minute, like back to school, back when you were in college, mm -hmm. why, why did you choose going into the nutrition field? Like, what was it about you? Was there a moment, like maybe you had a mentor or someone that you like looked up to, like what was, what drew you into the nutrition arena? You know, I didn't even know that it was a career when I started college. I didn't even know what a dietitian was. I had never heard that term before. Yeah. Um, but I think I saw, and I mean, it probably started my own personal journey back in when I was in middle school, I, you know, my body started developing mm -hmm. and I started kind of getting the curves and yeah. some things that I wasn't sure how all that was happening. I gained a good amount of weight in mm -hmm. middle school and I didn't like that. Okay. And so I think I started, my interest in nutrition started, I think with wanting to control my own weight uh, and to be myself a healthier person, which okay. I think is pretty common in the nutrition sure. field actually. Um, and then I think as I grew, that was something I just wanted to help other people with mm -hmm. is to be their healthiest selves yeah. um, as much as I could. Do you feel like there, and I'm going to ask kind of a big, heavy question. Do you feel like that might've been coming from a place of like being unhappy with your body? And because I know for myself, like that's honestly, like if I go back and look at why did I end up in the fitness industry? So much of my drive was from a place of, I want to change my body. I want to, I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like the way it behaves. It really had nothing to do with health for me. So all that to say, when you think back to, you know, high school, college, was it about health for you? Or, or maybe there were pieces of, I don't like the way my body looks. Was that a piece of it too? I absolutely think it was now that I look back on it when I started, I absolutely yeah. think I want to know how all this works and I want to know how to control, you know, how my body looks and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. 
So I absolutely, yeah. now that you say that, I think that's very true for me as well. Yeah. I think it's common for us women to be fascinated by science or an industry and, and to not notice like all the reasons sometimes like why we're into it mm-hmm. and to not be like, oh man, I I'm doing this because I want to know all the ways to change my body and maybe do things differently. Yep. I want to know all the secrets. Yeah. I want all the secrets. I want to know all <laughs> the inside scoop. Exactly. Yeah. What's the magic bullet? <laughs> <laughs> there, have we found it yet? <laughs> we have not found that magic bullet yet. No, okay. we haven't found it, but I know a big turning point for you was when you discovered your own body type and you discovered the way that you've been designed and tell me more about that. Like talk about the moment when you learned that you are the body type that you are and what that felt like for you. (laughs) Well, I feel like this has been such a slow process for me because I don't think I wanted to know what my body type was. I don't think I wanted to accept what my body type was. So I think for the first probably one or two years of strong mamas, I thought my body type was something else or I wanted to believe. What did you want to believe? I wanted to believe that I was a mesomorph. which is what you are, that it's Mm -hmm. a very muscular, you know, strong type. And I do have those tendencies. Once I start lifting weights, I, I can develop muscle pretty quickly. Um, but I mean, what I've learned over the past few years is I, maybe I'm a hybrid, but I'm mostly an endomorph and that took me, I don't know why that was like so hard for me to come to grips with, Okay, but it has made all the difference in the world. And, you know, I've shared this with you that I see pictures, you know, on Facebook or these different advertisements of these women and they're beautiful, beautiful women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, saying, if you just follow this diet or this exercise plan, basically you can look like me Mm -hmm. and they're mesomorphs or they're ectomorphs. Yeah. And I think coming to the realization that I can follow the perfect nutrition plan if there was such a thing. Right. I can follow the perfect, you know, exercise plan if there was such a thing. And I will never look like them. Mm-hmm. And in one way, I guess that was a little bit sad to me to realize that. But then in another way, it was so freeing. <laughs> yeah. To just you know, realize that this is how God made me. Yeah. This is how God created my body. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if I never look like you or that person or this other person, because that's not how God made me to be. Right. But I can be the healthiest version of me and the healthiest endomorph body type that I can just take some of that pressure off to change, to like be something else other than who I am. For sure. And I feel like that, that begins with this, like we have a spirit of like comparison, you know, we, we put our, our own body up against a lineup of like a bunch of other women's bodies. Uh And once you start to know like, okay, there's an ectomorph, there's an endomorph, there's a mesomorph. And once you see the differences and understand the differences, Uh like that comparison game just stops. Like it, 
right. it ends. Right. Yeah. And how have you felt that maybe among like the way you interact with friends and with your family, like how has that changed? Like your attitude when you're around the people that you're normally around? <laughs> I think it just, like you said, it just lessens the comparison. It's just, there used to be maybe almost this form of jealousy of, yeah. you know, well, this friend, you know, can eat whatever she wants and never works out. Mm -hmm. you know, and she never gains an ounce mm -hmm. and she always looks great. And, you know, and again, she's beautiful. She's not me. Yeah. Um, and I've just had to accept that that's, that's her mm -hmm. and this is me and God made us each beautiful and unique in our own ways. And yeah, so I guess I just don't feel that, that comparison, that competitiveness, Right. Within that, myself is more, you know, we've talked about before, just like staying in your own lane, right? Just keeping your blinders on, just doing what makes me feel good, mm -hmm. not comparing it to what works for somebody else. Well, it pulls that pressure off completely. You know, the pressure to to constantly be trying to push towards something, to to be someone, and it's like, oh, you wake up and you realize I can just be myself, like in myself right. makes sense, you know. And I think it adds depth. Understanding the body types adds so much more depth to having a positive body image. Yes, we've been told like love your body, like accept your body, like you are enough. But it's still it's still confusing because it still feels like well, there's so many different body types. Like I, I'm looking around at all the other types of women out there we all look really different. Is someone better than me? Is some like, it's hard. We still right. want to categorize. I don't think categorizing right. is wrong. It's just when we compare the categories where that can be damaging. But once you like understand the different body types, it's like, oh, now I have a foothold to have a healthy body image. I have something right. to latch onto. Yes. And I think you're the first person I ever heard talk about the body types. And more than just the body types, talk about how God's unique design is part of that. So it's not just, like you've said, self-love is not the end-all, be-all. It's that God loves us and God made us specifically the way that we are that just takes it to a different level. Absolutely. Well, and I think one aspect of the body types that I love exploring is just noticing how in each different body type, his uniqueness, like his image is displayed. Like as an endomorph, you will always be the strongest in the room. Like the strength and power that endomorphs have, it's a perfect reflection of God's strength and power. And, mm, and so that. like they're each body type, you know, and then ectomorph reflects God's, you know, endurance and stamina and grace. And, and then mesomorphs, I, I love seeing that it reflects his like agility and his speed and his swiftness. So I think noticing like, yeah, okay, we all do have different body types, but there's like such a beauty to that. And that if we were all one type, we wouldn't be reflecting him as, as beautifully. Right. All the different parts of him as an endomorph. What is your favorite part about being an endomorph? What would you say is, is your favorite thing that you've discovered now that you know in the last couple of years that you are one, what is your favorite uh -huh. part about being an endomorph? 
I mean, I think I've grown to love my curves. It's just a part of of who I am. And I think it makes me very feminine and, mm-hmm. you know, I do love my curves and I also love my strength. I mean, and I don't think I appreciated that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I started strong mamas, my weights, I think before I started, I had three, five, eight and 10 pound. Okay. Weights. Now um, what, now what are you using? And now I have 15, 20, and I've been starting to steal my husband's thirties. <laughs> yes. Don't tell him. <laughs> that is the best. Oh, that's so awesome. And yeah. I'm just constantly surprised with the things that I can do and the weight that I can lift. So oh, it's yeah. been fun. It's so fun. It's so fun because you can let go of the, I hope this workout makes me a certain way. It's rather, I want to explore everything about my endomorph body during this workout. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that you love exploring that because I know for you, workouts do not come naturally. <laughs> we were talking about nutrition earlier and that's where you lit up. Like when it comes to, I always say there's like two sides of the coin. Like, right. obviously there's so many aspects about taking care of your body, but I think the big two are what you eat and how you move your body. So the nutrition and the physical activity, and for you, the nutrition that comes real natural, like that is yes, your, does. that's your jam. That's your expertise. It's where you're, you're skilled at, mm-hmm. but what would you say is kind of your attitude on the fitness side of things? Like, how do you feel about exercise? Hey friend, I wanted to just cut in here real quick to check on you, to see if you've been struggling with your body, maybe in the same ways that I have in the past. Are you struggling to come to grips with the way God designed you? Or maybe you're just confused as to how he designed you. Or are you struggling with dialing in your workouts? You've been spending years maybe trying to run, but it's such a fight because your body was never designed to excel at running. Or maybe you've been wondering why on earth you can't build any muscle mass or how. Perhaps you've been even been struggling with your nutrition and eating habits. You've got a friend that feels really great when she cuts out all her carbs, but you feel miserable and feel like you have zero energy or vice versa. You can't even look at a carb without feeling like you put on five pounds. Here's the thing. God designed you with a unique body type or somatotype that determines the way your metabolism works, the type of exercises that suit you best, and even the types of foods that jive with your body best. And until you know how God designed you, you'll be left wondering what's going on and why your efforts aren't working. So I want to invite you to come take a free quiz that I put together that will help you find out your unique body type, your design. It's totally free and only takes a few minutes, but the knowledge and clarity that you walk away with are amazing. So head on over to bodytype.io. That's bodytype.io to take the quiz. I can't wait for you to see what you are. How do you feel about exercise? <sighs> well, I know that says it all right this, there. But yeah. <laughs> that big sigh says it all. <laughs> it's just always felt like work okay. to me. Mm-hmm. It's never felt like fun. Okay. And I know for you and also for my husband, who's also a mesomorph, I mean, he would work out every day if he could. He wakes up and he just goes out there and just does an hour long workout and just, he loves to sweat and he loves to just get his heart rate up. And I mean, that is just his thing. And I'm just like, I am tired just looking at you. (laughs) 
this is just so much. It's just never been something that's fun for me. I feel like it's always something that I've done because I thought I was supposed to. I mean, I know all the science behind it. I know why I'm supposed to do it. Um, but it's always been a, you know, a have to, not a want to. What are some of the other types of like fitness programs that you've done in the past or like forms of exercise that you've tried before, before Strong Mamas? What have you done? I've done all kinds of things. I've done yoga. I've done, you know, a bunch of classes at the, at the gym. You know, I've done spin classes and body pump classes and all that. Um, I ran for several years. Um, my husband and I did several half marathons and all that kind of stuff to raise money for my CF kids. So I was super motivated to do that. Um, we've done several um, very intensive um, workout classes that I'm not going to say the name of that yep. my husband have done together. <laughs> and it was just like, this is like, why does this have to be so painful? I just felt like workouts, like always to me, were designed to be painful or like punishment or something. And I just thought, why does it have to be this way? I don't enjoy this. Did that change at some point or does it still feel a little bit like punishment? I think it changed when I, I think for me, it was always the relationship between what I ate and then I needed to work it off. Uh, it was yeah. always, you know, cause I enjoy eating. I mean, I am a dietitian, mm -hmm. but I still enjoy good food. Of course. And so for me, it was always like, well, I'm going to, you know, run some more so that I can eat, or I'm going to do this workout to burn off this thing that I'm going to have later. And so those two things were always kind of connected in my mind. Yeah. And I think when I heard you say one time that, you know, we need to separate those two things Yeah. and, you know, eat the things that we know are good for our bodies and splurge mindfully and appropriately, but then just exercise to keep our bodies strong. And when I see it that way as exercise, keeping myself strong and making an investment in my future and wanting to be able to run around with my kids when they get older and do all the things that they do. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can get on board with that. You know, it seems like more of a positive thing than a negative. Absolutely. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I think so many, so many people listening to this are probably nodding their head right now, just having experienced years of using exercise as a form of almost like a, a racer, you know, of uh -huh. whatever I ate exercise is going to try to erase that. Yeah. And if I eat perfectly, then there's really no reason to exercise. <laughs> like, right. if only, you know, like if my diet is perfectly on point, then I won't have to exercise to try to burn it off. Cause that's really the only point of exercising or doing yes. any sort of a workout is to just kind of undo whatever I did wrong with my nutrition. And yes. so it sounds like for you, the big shift was when you separated the two mm -hmm. and were able to treat exercise as a really positive thing in and of itself, like completely right. autonomous from nutrition. Exactly. Doesn't matter what I've eaten. Yeah. How long ago do you feel like that shift happened for you in your mind? Was it a couple of years ago or is that pretty recently? Maybe over the past year or two years. Okay. I would say. Yeah. And having that shift, has it changed your 
attitude when you step into your workout space? Can you see it as not quite so much punishment anymore? Does it feel a little bit more enjoyable? I mean, it, it's probably never going to be your favorite thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. I mean, and I've gotten into a rhythm of my workouts that I enjoy where I, and this is another thing with consistency of workouts. That's something that I always struggled with. Yeah. And instead of trying to do like six super intense, you know, crazy workouts every mm -hmm. week, it's like, okay, let me do two or three really good, solid, you know, hard strength workouts. And then on the other days, let's do something a little more my speed, like go for a walk, yeah. do some yeah. yoga, yeah. something a little more relaxing, not all sweaty and crazy. Um, so I feel like that's a good rhythm for me that I can be consistent with is not you, maybe trying to do that. Go hard every single time, every single time. Yeah. Do you ever catch yourself on those lighter days? Like a little bit panicky, like, Oh, this is not, you know, I maybe ate a little extra at lunch today and I didn't have, you know, a really big, hard, sweaty workout plan today. Like I feel a little panicky that maybe I should be doing a harder workout today. Do you ever get those thoughts coming up? I don't, awesome. I feel like I'm really able to enjoy, you know, and that's just, I guess maybe that's my personality is just to enjoy kind of the slower, like more relaxed pace, but I've had to learn to push myself at the same time. Like okay. when I am doing the strength workouts to, you know, keep it moving, not mm -hmm. take all the rest breaks mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the beloved metabolic finishers there at the end, <laughs> <laughs> get the oh, heart rate up. They're never going to be my favorite, but I can do them. And I think that's the thing that I've enjoyed about this program is to see so many things that like, when I look at them sometimes on paper, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Or, you know, looking at week one versus week four, I don't see how I'm going to be able to do that. And then I do it. What does that feel like? Like when you actually, when you make it all the way through week four and it's a challenging week and it pushes you, you're maxing out on things and you finish that workout. What does that feeling feel like at the end of that workout? Just amazing. Just like, I can't believe I just did that. And I think it's, I never thought of myself as an athlete before, you know, you talk about growing up and you played all these sports and, you know, I think you consider yourself an athlete. I've never thought of myself as an athlete or as athletic, mm -hmm. but I mean, when I finish a week four workout or, you know, just a really hard metabolic finisher or just do something I've never been able to do before in the gym. Like yeah. I am an athlete. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm it's pretty amazing. I just did that. I love that because it's not like you're, you know, 20 years old and just right. becoming an athlete for the first time at 20 years old. Right. Um, you know, you're in your early forties, you've got a couple kids your stay-at-home mom, you're, you work hard at various jobs and you're discovering this athletic side of you as someone who doesn't really enjoy working out naturally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so crazy. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. What is an exercise that you feel like you are the most proud of that you've accomplished over the last couple of years? Well, you probably already know the answer to this one. I know what you might say, but I just remember celebrating with you with this particular exercise. What was it? And this was last summer. Okay. I was doing the six week 
the summer six week program that you have. Mm-hmm. And I have never been able to do a regular push up. Okay. So, you know, not modified, not knees on the floor, not elevated, none of that, just regular push up. And I decided this is, this is my year. I'm going to do it. I was 40. Maybe it was something about turning 40. Yeah. I said, I'm going to do this. And so you had me do that program and do extra push-ups every day, you know, to work up to it. And I remember the day that I finally did my first push-up and I did like chest to the ground, like all the way up. Wow. And I did three. Oh my gosh. The first day that I did it, I didn't just do one. I did three. <laughs> and like, you couldn't tell me anything that day. I was just like, can you believe this? <laughs> I am 40 years old. And this is my first time in my life doing regular pushups. I love it. Yeah. Well, what I love is that earlier when we were talking about nutrition, like you, you lit up, you know, talking about being a dietitian and getting into the science of that, you mm-hmm. just lit up right there too, mm-hmm. with something that doesn't come naturally to you with something that has always been a struggle. That was always like this big burden or like, I should have to do this. You experienced a piece of exercising and and working out that like pumped you up. Uh Did you ever think that you would experience that with all the years, you know, thinking back with everything you said before of all those things that you had tried, all the intense things that the half marathons, the, all the things that you would be able to have that sort of like post-workout, like elation and sense of accomplishment. Never, (laughs) never. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So that's a big accomplishment with your own fitness is sliding into this like level of consistency. You're working, you're lifting weights like three days a week now, three days a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then on the in-between days you're doing, tell me what you're doing on your in-between days. Usually it's a walk around my neighborhood, sometimes yoga, just depending on how I feel. Um, I think that's another great piece of this that I've learned is just the intuitive piece. You know, I've long been a fan of intuitive eating on the nutrition side, but I think learning from you, the intuitive training piece Mm -hmm. to listening to your body Mm-hmm. and seeing kind of what it needs on any given day yeah, and just doing that. And there's sometimes I wake up and I'm super sore and I'm like, I can't do a workout. And I, you know, get out my, my foam roller and kind of roll it out for a couple minutes and do some dynamic stretches. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Now, what would you say? I mean, even as a dietitian, you mentioned earlier that you, you never ate perfectly. You know, we all have, No, I would say the same thing too. I do not eat perfectly and I don't have any intentions of eating perfectly. And you would probably agree, but what do you feel like have been the biggest accomplishment with your own eating habits? Cause I know it's so easy to tell someone else how to do something or how to eat, but with your own habits, what do you feel like has been the biggest breakthrough or big change for your own eating habits? Um, well, I've always been a a meal planner. I think that's something that's always Mm -hmm. come naturally to me. I mean, I've done that for years and that's, I think that's such a big secret for anybody. If you're not planning out your meals, then you should be, Mm -hmm. um, within some type of, of framework. You know, I like to have a little bit of flexibility, but not too much. Um, 
So I think meal planning has always been a big thing for me that's been super helpful. Um, a breakthrough though, I know when I first started with Strong Mamas, one of our healthy eating habits is to eat when it's mealtime. And if it's not a mealtime, don't eat. Yep. <laughs> and I think as <laughs> a, a, a stay-at-home mom, I don't think I was aware of how many times I would just, you know, I'm cleaning up the kids' plates and, oh, there's an extra chicken nugget. Right. Doesn't even let really that go to good, waste. But hey, yeah, I'll, I'll eat it anyway. Or yes. the kids are having this snack, so I'll have a little handful here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a light bulb moment for me was just to realize how much I was eating that wasn't on my meal plan, but (laughs) was just getting, you know, a handful here, handful there during the day. For sure. So kind of cutting out that little bit of munchiness between meals, getting more disciplined with that snacking. Do you feel like that became restrictive or it ever became like, it was uh, like you were being forced to say no to that kind of a thing? Or did it naturally, did you, what was that transition like for you? Yeah, I don't think so. Cause I don't think the stuff I was eating was stuff I really even enjoyed. It was just, Uh, I wasn't being mindful about it. I was just, it was just happening. Right. And so I think once I started being mindful, you know, kind of put my antennas up, like you said, I was just like, oh, I don't really even want that. I'm going to go when it's my snack time, I'm just going to make my apples and peanut butter or whatever I had planned Mm. and totally perfectly happy with that. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said about meal planning. Okay. Because I'm a really bad meal planner. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit, and I totally agree. I think meal planning is so, so helpful. Uh Not get caught off guard. I, you have tips for us. I mean, I know I could probably regurgitate some sort of tip that I've tried to figure out, but as the master meal planner, you have written so many of my meal plans for uh-huh. the company. What are your, what are some of your tricks and tips? I like to, well, this is my system. I mean, I do this every single week and I've done this for years and years. Okay. So typically I will sit down on Friday, probably Friday afternoon and just look at my next week, kind of my schedule Okay. And kind of see which days are going to be busier, which days are going to be lighter, which nights am I maybe going to be out or we have a meeting that might need a quick meal, you know, so I kind of know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll just plan out my meal for the following week on Friday afternoon. Why Friday? Why, why that day? Because on Saturday is when I like to go grocery shopping. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So I get up on Saturday mornings. And usually like 7am, whenever the grocery store opens and I like to be the first one in there, get the freshest produce. Wow. And I just get all of our food for the week on Saturdays and bring it all home. And then Sundays is usually all meal prep a little bit, you know, chop some stuff up, um, just have all my veggies and all that kind of stuff ready to go. Because if I just leave it, and I know everybody listening to this has done this. Mm-hmm. If you just buy the veggies and leave them in the bag, whatever form they come in. And then it comes to the end of the next week. They're still sitting there. Yep. Aren't they? yep. They're uneaten. Uneaten. Yeah. Wasted. But if you take 10, 15 minutes to 
chop them up and put them in a little Ziploc or a Tupperware or whatever you have and just set them right in the middle of your fridge. So when you yeah. open up the fridge, you've got your, you know, your veggies and your hummus or tzatziki or whatever you want. I, I am at least much more likely to grab them than if I have to, at that point, go, oh, let me cut everything up and like do all the things. For sure. So yeah, that's what Do you prep helpful. anything else or just the veggies? I just do the veggies. I know a lot of people will do a big full, you know, cook a bunch of stuff and do all that on Sundays. I, I like yeah. to rest on Sundays, so I don't do that. Totally agree. I love yes. that though. The Friday, because honestly, I think that prepping on or planning on Friday, that's, that's a good hack right there. Because I think a lot of us go through the weekend with a, with zero plan whatsoever. And usually right. at that point, our fridges are like totally empty. Right. And so we're just scrounging and finding ourselves eating not very healthy things over the right. weekend. And then we meal plan on Sunday Monday. and maybe go grocery shopping Sunday afternoon or Monday. Yep. So just backing it up a couple days mm -hmm. could make a big difference. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I think it makes you more intentional over the weekend and you've just got all the healthy stuff right there. And for me, it's got to be easy. And I almost want to make it easier for myself to make a healthy choice. Than Absolutely. To make a not so healthy choice. Absolutely. Oh, I love mm -hmm. that. That's a really good tip. See, speaking to someone who nutrition <laughs> comes more naturally, you See? learn a lot of great things. I love we can, it. We can help each other. You've helped me so much. So I'm happy to help you. So good. Well, I have kind of a bigger question just to kind of bring this full circle, just with your whole journey, these last few years of learning more about your body type, the fact that you're an endomorph and kind of camping on, this is how you have been designed and how you've been created and kind of learning how to enjoy fitness and not see it as punishment for anything you might've eaten in with all of those things. How do you feel like your heart has changed the most? Like, what do you feel like God has been speaking to you the most in the last few years? Mm. I was thinking about this a little before our interview, and I think the the big theme for me, and I can't remember if this was a podcast episode you did or something we talked about in a coaching group, but it was this concept of, can you be content with your body the way it is mm -hmm. and at the same time want to make changes or want to improve yourself or something along those lines? Because I feel like in so many circumstances, it's, it's either, or we want it to be either we're content because we've achieved all of our goals and we've done all the things we wanted to do. And that's why we're content or we still have work to do. Yep. But I think that's the conversation that we had in, I think it was in the coaching group about maybe we can have both and maybe there's a way that we can be content with our, you know, our post baby, <laughs> um, bodies, I have two children and, mm -hmm. um, self-care is just not as easy as I thought it was going to be before I had kids. Oh yeah. I look back on, you know, myself when I was a dietitian and giving out little advice to people, <laughs> just, well, mom, you need to take care of yourself first. You know, I used to, I used to tell my patients that that's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, but just that, that way of being content with who I am 
today. Yeah. Whether I've reached my fitness goals or not, whether I am the weight or the size or the whatever, whatever that I would like to be or not, I can be content and at the same time, still want to grow and change and learn to do new things and be the healthiest person that I can be in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that together. I think those two can coexist. Absolutely. That's a pretty big breakthrough. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I didn't have that before. I think I was always discontent mm-hmm. because I wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that I'm exactly where I want to be. I don't want to sit here and say that I've met, you know, all of my fitness and nutrition goals. I haven't. But I think I've learned to be content in who I am right now while still at the same time continuing to make progress and work on those things and just be the healthiest wife and mom and person and all that that I can be. That's a good word. I I totally agree. I think when you can arrive at that place, it doesn't mean that you've arrived or achieved whatever goal you have in mind. It's a different type of arrival. It's a different layer of peace and just being satisfied and content um, with where you're at, but it doesn't mean that you're done. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that you can close up shop and go home and job, job well done. (laughs) Yeah. So it's this challenging, like give and take of continuing to work, continuing to pursue something and make progress while at the same time, simultaneously being okay with where you're at being not just okay, but like fully at peace with who you are and where you're at. That's amazing. So if you could write just like one thing on a billboard, (laughs) for all the other moms that might be listening, um, you know, what would you write on that billboard? What would that be for the mom that's listening right now? Wow. That's a lot of pressure, Megan. I know (laughs) it's going to be a real big, real big, big billboard. Everybody's going to see it. So make it good. (laughs) I think I would say you are enough Mm. just the way you are. Mm And whether you're an ectomorph or a mesomorph or an endomorph, you know, whatever your body type is, whatever your um, experience with fitness and nutrition has been, I mean, you're enough and you're okay just the way you are, but you can always strive to be better. I like it. You can always want to do more and learn new things and learn to do push-ups when you're 40. And okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to go order that billboard right now because we all okay. need to hear that. Yep. It's going to be, it'll go up from between here and Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. Well, Liz, this has been such a pleasure. It's so fun to get to chat with you and just to hear more about your story and just your, your journey with your body and 
with nutrition and with fitness and just your own body type. And, um, I'm just so proud of you and proud of all that you've accomplished and can't wait to see, you know, like jumping pushups in the next I know. Year, I think we need you know? to set a new, I think we need to set yeah. a new goal. Like plyometric style pushups. I think that's, I think that's where oh, we're boy. at. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is awesome. All right, Liz. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been such a joy and I can't wait to chat, chat with you again soon. All right. Can't wait. Thank you, Megan. You're welcome. Um, Liz is amazing, right? <laughs> I just love her. Okay. The big takeaway that I want you to walk away from this conversation with is just knowing and believing that you are enough. I cannot say that enough. <laughs> you are enough. You can still be working on things, moving along and chasing after some progress, but at the end of the day, those things do not determine your ultimate value and worth. Right now, you are enough. Your body type, your shape, and even the habits that come naturally to you. And it's totally okay if working out does not come naturally to you. I think the other big takeaway, and I am definitely going to be working on this one, is just meal planning on Fridays. What? I feel like that's a big game changer. If you know that that's going to be a game changer for you too, make sure to let me know. Shoot me a DM and tell me if you're going to do the Liz method and start meal planning on Fridays, grocery shopping on Saturdays. That's awesome, right? Okay, friend, make sure to come back next week because we are going to flip things upside down and talk about the other side of the coin. What if working out and exercising is your jam? What if that comes naturally to you, but eating healthy, just not so much? Maybe you really struggle with the nutrition side of the equation. If that's you even a little bit, make sure to come back next week. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. And until then, be strong. Be strong.